0: It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food. Let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city? Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, how <laughs> was good? It's your boy, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. I know new Welcome to the show. You can listen to the podcast via soundcloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, you can listen to it, on all those platforms. Just do a search, the Big Brother Jake Podcast, subscribe, and bam. There you go. That's for Android users and Apple users, okay? All right, we got all that out the way. And I usually don't like to open up the podcast with sports. It's a turnout to a lot of people. There's a lot of listeners to this podcast that love what I do. That's not sports-related, and there's some that is. And I don't claim to be a sports expert, yes, I am the NBA insider on KLOS 95.5 with uh, JD in the Bush, Sports on Tap. Check that out if you're in the L.A. area. Also, I work in the sports field. Work for the Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Kings, and I do some uh, contract work for visiting teams. I put Lakers, Kings, Ducks, whoever. Dodgers, Angels. I'll say this. L.A., Los Angeles. Man, has this city suffered? (laughs) Has this city suffered enough with sports? Seriously. I mean, and yes, again, I hate to lead off with sports, but man, what the hell's going on? First of all, I mean, now that I see it, it's a blessing in disguise. My beloved Dodgers do not win the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. Dodgers, from what I understand, offered him four years, $180 million. But no, dude wants to go for 13 years, $330 million. I get it. I get it. But it's Bryce Harper. And I was mad about it at first. But you know what? You can have him. Because after four years, it's going to be like Albert Pujols. And in the city of Philly, they're not going to put up with that losing stuff. You know, if they don't get to the World Series right away, it's a wrap. I mean, even at his press conference, dude said we got to bring a title back to D.C. Really? D.C.? Okay, I get it. You've played in Washington, D.C. for the last few seasons. But a title to D.C.? Good job, bud. Yeah. Hope you don't get hit by them AAA batteries because Philly fans, they boo bad, they boo good landings. They boo Santa Claus, and they cheer injuries. So good luck with that. But I digress. Baseball is just around the corner, but it's NBA season. And this is where my emotions just get just torn. I grew up a Laker fan, and I'm coming straight out of Staples Center. Came right to the house, didn't even do my normal things. I came straight to the garage and recorded a podcast. Because I wanted to just bottle that energy that I had from what I witnessed tonight. And tonight is really the 4th of March, okay? Grew up a Laker fan. Love Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, the Showtime Lakers. Then we had a little drought. You know, the Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones days. Cedric Sabalos and all that. Then... Kobe and Shaq get together. Give us three rings. Should have had five. But they couldn't keep it together. Kobe bounces back. Gets Pau Gasol. Lamar Odom. And they go on a nice little run. Get back-to-back titles. One of them against those stinking nasty, disgusting Boston Celtics. But since Kobe retired... Laker fans are in limbo right now. All these years. And look, I'm a Laker fan. But y'all starting to sound like Raider fans, man. They should show Laker games on the History Channel. Because Laker fans are living in the past still. It's sad. And everyone said, oh, if we can only get LeBron James, LeBron James, he's the savior. He's the one that's going to save this franchise. He's the one that's going to bring a title back to L.A. Let's think about what LeBron James has done since he's come back or come to the Los Angeles Lakers. It started with that whole thing about, hey, maybe we'll have a pizza party at Blaze Pizza in Culver City which he happens to own, if I'm not mistaken, and left all the fans in, you know, in the wind. I mean, there's a line around the corner, and dude never even showed up. Strike one. Then he gets hurt, misses 15 games. Not his fault. Groin injuries are some serious injuries, especially in basketball. I mean, it hampered Magic Johnson between groin and hamstrings. So you can't fault him for that. But he comes back. He wants Anthony Davis on his team. Come to find out. Same management. They're friends. Let's bring my boy to LA. Throws all his teammates under the bus and says, get rid of them all. Alienates himself. Strike two. Then He has to save face. Magic Johnson has to hit the road and try to glue this nucleus back together and have a big kumbaya session. So what happens after that? His teammates ain't really down. They ain't riding. They play Golden State after his injury. Well, guess what? He has to be AR for two chains and be in the studio, but couldn't play the next game due to load management. That's a load of crap, if you ask me. But fans are still tolerant. To me, he's not a real Laker. Just how I feel about Carl Malone. And I I said this in the episode with my man P Dub, aka Paul Wilson. We talked about this. Of course, he would call you. Call him lebum James. I would call him lebum Blames. Because he blames everybody for not winning. Then he declares, hey, guess what, y'all? I'm in playoff mode. Playoff mode. That means I'm going to go off. Okay. Yet I see all these videos, this fake harmony of them dancing and practicing and having fun together. And I see all this stuff, you know. But they're losing the teams. They should not be losing to, like, the Phoenix Suns. I get that. Then tonight, what I witnessed, I witnessed a team that is not together. Now, the Clippers, business never personal. The Clippers pay my bills, and they got a very good shot of making the playoffs, so I don't see the Lakers making it. But this was the chance for the Lakers to save face. It's the Battle of Los Angeles. It's the has versus the have-nots, the white-collar versus the blue-collar fans, and I'm smack dab in the middle. Let the Lakers grew up watching them. Clippers pay my bills, and I've grown to like the Clippers a lot. Not gonna lie, it's a fun team to watch. And what I witnessed tonight was pretty damn devastating. Laker fans are on edge. I see the division from the start to finish, of course. And I'm a name drop all night long. To my right, I was sitting next to Floyd Mayweather, and dude would not stop talking like the whole game. Hey yo, hey yo, uh, this guy can ball, and hey yo. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, but headphones on, world off, working. I didn't tell him that. I said, yeah, you're right. I mean, he could fight, and his 30 man entourage could kick my ass too. But I digress. So I see the Lakers doing their starting lineups before the big hoopla laser show thing. All the Lakers come out for warmups. Who's like four minutes late and comes out and has to make a big deal? LeBron James. So we witnessed that. Then, I witnessed a guy to just doesn't fit in. He doesn't seem like a real Laker to me. He, he, he alienates himself from everybody. And it's sad. Now, following the Clippers and working with them all year, Patrick Beverly is one of my favorite Clippers. Dude does not give a damn about what people think. Straight up. He's from Chicago. He's hard-nosed. He's bitter. He got cut from the Miami Heat when LeBron James was there. Now, I witnessed the post-game interview because, man, he went off. He he locked down LeBron as best as you can lock down one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And what I witnessed in Staples Center was a funeral. Everybody's saying, oh, if we have LeBron James. It's gotten so bad with Lonzo Ball being out. Oh, if we had Lonzo. Man, get the hell out of here with that. Little brother came in to Staples and beat that ass. And the sad part about it was the the Lakers were up and the Clippers came back and beat that ass because Patrick Beverly said he called Doc Rivers yesterday and said, I want to guard LeBron. This dude went to bed early, took two naps, and ate a bunch of carbs and rested all day because he was going to lock down LeBron. And I'll be damned if he didn't do it. Yes, I'm down with the Clippers because that's family now. But I love my Lakers. But what I saw tonight, as soon as that final buzzer went off, it was quiet like this. Like that. They even got booed off the floor. Some of that was Patrick Beverly's antics at the end of the game, too. But Laker fans are shocked, stunned, disbelieved. In disbelief, not disbelieved. I did get a college degree, I promise. All right. So what I'm saying is this. When you're in the Eastern Conference back in those glory days, LeBron, you could get a whole bunch of scrubs and yourself and go to the Eastern Conference Final, make it to the Finals and win, and then get beat by the Western teams. You don't have any Hall of Famers next to you like you did with Dwayne Wade. So it's at a crossroads for you, LeBron James. You've blamed everyone. You want people around you. But nobody wants to play with you. Kevin Durant even said it. This might actually be the passing of the torch. Something Laker fans have feared forever, including myself. Until now. We may see a crossover. Who the real L.A. team is that runs the city. Dare I say that? Oh, I'm going to catch hell for this from all my friends. But I'm being brutally honest. Clippers, clear cap space, made trades, and still may make the playoffs. That's crazy. And have a shot at getting two superstars in the summer. So I got to say this, Laker fans. Got to chill on the cockiness. Stop living in the past. And you better hope these next three years after this one, LeBron delivers at least one ring or it's a complete and utter disaster. And LeBron, you got to stop blaming people, man. You got to stop. You got to own it. You haven't endeared yourself to the city other than saying, oh, well, I dedicated myself and I signed a four-year deal, so I must be loyal. Where, where are you out in L.A. that you're endearing yourself to the city? And I'm not talking charity or anything. I don't see you anywhere. I'm out in L.A. all the time. I don't see you anywhere. You're at these bougie parties and all this other stuff. But I see other athletes out chilling in Venice or chilling in, you know, West L.A., kicking it. But when you got to L.A., you didn't even do a press conference introducing yourself to the city. You said we don't do that unless we win. Dude, you got to get it together. You don't deliver a ring by next year, this city is going to turn on you, brother. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. All right. Off my sports kick. Had Had to just vent. It's in my blood. It pays my bills. It's paid my bills for many years. And I just, I had the energy coming from Staples Center. And I I couldn't believe what I saw. The Lakers, man, that that was terrible. You got one of the best players in the world. Making all these decorations of how great they're going to be. And it's been a disaster so far. But we're done with that. Now, I read a story. (laughs) I really hope the nation doesn't fall behind or or follow uh, North Carolina in regards to what they want to do with their grading system with their public schools. I read a report on Fox News, an article from Bradford Betts, stating that North Carolina wants to introduce a bill that will lower an F grade to anything below 40% instead of 60%. And I'm going to sound like get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, young man. The problem with today's society, we don't embrace failure. And a lot of people, you know, think, oh, man, if I fail, then I'm doomed. No. No one wants to fail. But you got to understand failure is a part of life. Not everything you do, you'll be successful in. Case in point, I'm a fat ass. The one thing I haven't been able to conquer is my weight. It fluctuates because I get comfortable and I fail. Oh, I lost 40 pounds. I could have pizza and tacos and chicken fingers and chicken wings and spaghetti for a week or two. Or four, and I gain it back. Failure is okay because you can learn from failure, even if it takes several times. But under this new scale, grading scale in North Carolina, an A would be from 100 to 85%, a B would be 84 to 70%, a C would be 69 to And a D would be 54% to 40%. 40 and below is an F. Okay, look. I get it. You want people to feel like they're succeeding. But this is so unfair to the students that bust their ass every single day to get good grades. I was one of those kids. I won't say I was the smartest kid. But I will say, I worked hard, okay? In algebra, I barely passed with like a C plus in ninth grade, like every every quarter. And my mom was proud of me because she knew I was paying for tutors out of my own pocket, you know, with the money I made from washing cars and mowing lawns and stuff like that. But really? Like... It's already better, and I'm not going to say, oh, millennials this or that or millennials suck or whatever. This, this, these laws aren't introduced by millennials. It's my generation, Generation X, and some baby boomers, right? They want to make everyone feel included. Participation trophies. We, get, we, we, we don't keep score. During these games, okay? Because we want to make sure everyone feels like a winner. How the hell are you supposed to get motivated? When I used to see people with money, that motivated me. I wanted to have the nice cars. I wanted to go on nice uh, trips around the world. And I've been blessed to do stuff like that because I worked hard for it. Nobody handed me a damn thing. Now it's, we got to coddle and hold hands and make sure everyone gets everything equally. No, that's not how it works. I went to college, right, at 35 years old, almost 36. I worked 60 hours a week at Fox Sports Radio and other jobs and went to school full time. Full time, taking on like as up up to twenty two units a semester, twenty two, and working full time. I bust my ass to get my degree, and I'm damn proud of it. Cum laude and all. Shout out to the University of Laverne, by the way. Mama Mater. But now we got. States that want to adapt laws to lower the grade—you freaking kidding me? Lower the grade? Forty and below is an F? Get the hell out of here with that! What? What the hell? I can't believe this. This is the problem. We make it too easy for people, and I'm—I'm I'm not. Get off my lawn! But no, no, this is what's going to happen. We're going to get a bunch of people, young kids and students that think it's okay to get a 50. Oh, that's passing. It's bad enough you go to any fast food restaurant right now and these smart kids are being replaced by kiosks. There's kids that can't even use a can opener or a rotary phone. Not that you need to, but I mean, come on, man. And now we want to lower the grades. I'm starting to wonder what the hell's going on in our society where that has to happen. Like, really? Really? How about we do this? We take responsibility for our actions. And make these kids actually work for what they're trying to strive for. And maybe, just maybe, if they're pushed hard enough, they'll be proud of what they're doing. And proud of their hard work. Making it easy for them is doing them absolutely zero favors. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Okay, um, I got to admit something. (laughs) that I've never really told a lot of people. There's a couple friends that we used to get together back in the 90s, going to high school. A couple brothers from the hood, too. I won't out them because they'll deny it and call me a liar and say, oh, it's because you're half white, you liked it. But some of us would watch 90210, all right? And for those that... Don't know Beverly Hills 90210. It's about a family from Minnesota. A set of twins that look nothing alike, but maybe they're fraternal. Moves to Minnesota from Minnesota to Beverly Hills and tries to adapt to a Beverly Hills lifestyle, yet tried to hold on to their Midwestern family values and their wholesomeness or whatever the hell. But nobody really cared about that. They had some characters on there. You know, you had Steve, that was like the rich kid that was annoying, Kelly and Donna, Brandon and Brenda, and David, you know, the wannabe black guy They actually dropped an album, Brian Austin Green. Girls loved him. But, but the coolest fool on the show was Dylan McKay, a.k.a. Luke Perry. Last week, Luke Perry suffered a stroke. He's only 52 years old. They are talking about doing a reboot of 90210. And quite frankly, I was pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah, your boy actually likes 90210. Not that stupid one that came out, the second one. That sucked really bad. But this reboot was supposed to be everything. And... The high school I went to, Pacific High School in San Bernardino, there was a good mix of gangsters, jocks, drama geeks, preppies, backpackers, which were hip-hoppers. So there was a good portion of everybody in. You know, I did take drama because my football career didn't pan out too well because I had bad knees, and I wanted to let her in something. And I knew the way to talk to all the females. Was catching up on 90210. If you were smart. That's what you did. So you'd watch the show. Learn the characters. And then you'd come back the next day. And talk about it. But all the girls loved him. Some Dylan McKay. Oh my god. Dude had the dope ride. He was cool. Good looking guy. That's. Who everyone liked. Some were, you know, Team Brandon. I don't think anyone was Team Steve. He's such a douchebag. And David, eh, you know, come on, dude. You're not a hip hopper, bro. Let's let's be honest. But if you're listening, Brian Ostergreen, you were dope, homie. Like, yeah, come on the podcast. <laughs> he ain't listening. So I'll talk trash. But everyone let him some Dylan. Everyone loved him. Some Dylan, he got all the girls. Dude was like, I don't, I don't know what he saw in Brenda. She was just so like erratic, you know. <laughs> but I mean, he could get all the chicks, dope ride, nice hair. Just didn't kid didn't give a damn about people. So last week, when I find out that Luke Perry had a stroke, I mean, dude looked like he was in shape. You know, he's getting lots of work and. You know, good-looking guy and is in good health. Or so he appeared. He had a stroke. You know, so that kind of puts you on notice, like, damn, like, I grew up watching that dude. He's kind of in my age range. I mean, I knew he was, like, in his younger 30s, or, you know, when he did the show. So he looked a little older. Like, damn, did that fool get held back in high school? But girls didn't care. I mean, they were like, man. Dylan McCain, he's so hot. So you find out he gets a stroke, and it's like, really? Damn, that sucks. He'll pull through. He'll pull through. You know, and i talked to a lot of my old friends that watch the show, and they're like, man, that's crazy about Luke Perry, man. You know, he's, he had a stroke. Like, yeah, 52, man, he shouldn't be going through that. He'll pull through it. And then we find out on Monday that Luke Perry passed away. 52 years old. Now you start thinking about your own mortality, and you're like, damn, I'm well, I'm 42. And in an instant, it doesn't matter how rich you are, doesn't matter how poor you are, black, white, Latino, Asian, where you grew up. What kind of car you drive? None of that really matters, man. The thing is, and people always ask me like, dude, why are you so hyped all the time? And why do you love taking pictures of people? and Why do you have like a childlike enthusiasm about everything? Why are you such a hype man, as my man Pete would say? It's exactly this. Nine years ago yesterday, my grandmother passed away. She was very young. Luke Perry is only 52. My dad was 56. That's 14 years away from where I'm at right now. So we can learn from this. It's very sad what happened. God bless Luke Perry and his family. I know he left kids behind and a spouse and you never know when it's your time. We're never guaranteed tomorrow. That's why when I get a chance to spend time with loved ones I do it. When I get a chance to Go to a place I haven't been to in a long time. Let me jump on that plane and go. You want to skydive? Skydive. I mean, you're kind of accelerating your mortality rate, but that's the thing. 52. You know, when you're in your 20s, oh, that's, that's old. But dude, I'm 42 and I'm like, yo, that's 10 years away. We never know when it's our time. So, a lot of these people, a lot of young kids, oh, there he goes again with that young old stuff. No. I even had the mentality of like, man, if I make it to 25, I'll be lucky. So, I'm going to just wild out. I'm going to go out, party hard, wake up, drink some more, and, and do whatever the hell I want. Chase women, whatever. It gets old, man. You wear down. Hard. So think about where your life is going and what you want to do with it. Because after seeing this, someone that's in great health and takes care of themselves, in an instant, it's gone. He never recovered from that stroke. So all I'm saying is, (laughs) there's like a meme that uh, I see, you know, take the trip, eat the chocolate cake. Do what you love. Don't spend a lifetime hating what you do. And I, I did that. For a couple of years I hated working in an office. I realized I miss radio and I love it. Love doing it. Makes me feel alive. Doing this podcast makes me happy. Makes me feel alive. Find your passion. Do it because we're not guaranteed tomorrow, y'all. Seriously. Find your passion. But rest in peace, Luke Perry. And damn, that's that's terrible. And shout out to, you know, his his friends and his family, his loved ones. That's just terrible. You know, but I was a fan of the show and Dylan's my favorite character because homeboy was just cool. Like, he was cool he was so cool, he he didn't have to tell people he was cool. People that say, yo, I'm cool, aren't cool. He was naturally cool and a great actor and really sad to see him go. So rest in peace, my brother. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. All right. (laughs) Let's let's have some fun, man. Um, I'm going to tell a story that was mad embarrassing. And (laughs) I actually got yelled at by somebody behind this. Kill the music. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Little club in action. The year? Was 1994. The city? Norfolk, Virginia. Good old Virginia. Good old freaking Virginia that I have not stepped foot in since I left there in 1995. November of 95. Anyway. There was a club called Norfolk Life that was on the naval base, and everyone loved going to Norfolk Life because the cover was cheap. And at the time, I was under twenty-one, so I got the special colored bracelet. All right. Now I am an aficionado of thick women. Always love the thickykins, as I say. Uh, love booties. <laughs> love thighs. Love thickness. I embrace thickness. Can't be with a number two pencil. Never could. Sorry. But I see this very attractive sister from, you know, hanging at the bar. She knew I couldn't go to the bar, but she was probably two years older than me. And I forget what song came on, but, you know, think 1994. So, Probably something from Craig Mack or Biggie Smalls or Tupac or, or Cube. You know, there's East Coast. So there's a little East Coast vibe going on. And she starts twerking right at the bar. So I'm like, yo, honey look good, man. I'm going to hit her up. And for those that have ever been at this club, I don't even know if it exists anymore. But it was dark. Inside there. Like, just enough light. (laughs) Okay. And (laughs) just enough light. You better hope that when the lights came on, it was like, oh my God, oh. (laughs) Okay. So, it's dark. And it's cold outside. So, a lot of people wearing big old jackets. So, I go to her, and I'm like, yo, is it cool for you? Know, can I dance with you? She's like, oh, yeah. But she would only dance with her back to me. And I'm thinking, yo, maybe she's just trying to like show off her booty or whatever. And I'm an ass man, so I'm like, mm, damn, she got a nice little booty. You know, okay. So, you know, we're just dancing or whatever. And those that know me, only two-step. I do like the cholo two-step because I, I can't dance. But I promise you this. I make music that make you dance. I promise you that. Okay? And I got a little something So I can cut a rug for a big guy. Okay? I can. But, you know, she, she can tell us from Cali because the way I was dancing or whatever. But I'm like, hey, let me see your face. And she, she was pretty. No doubt pretty because I saw a profile. So I'm like, okay. And she's... Just showing off her booty. But why is she wearing this big old coat? So we danced. First song come on. Jamming out. Second song come on. By the third song, I'm like, yo, I'm going to holler at this girl, man. But I really want to kind of see her face. And so she kept me on the dance for the whole time. I was getting tired. It was hot in there. heater was on even though it was cold outside. I was like, "Hey, what's your name?" She says her name. Don't want to say her name. Maybe she listen. I don't know. It was it was some hood name. I ain't gonna lie. It's like Mckk or something. But she was flying. I could forgive that. You know, I called her M or something. You know, Kwakisha. It was like can't tell. Like damn. Like good luck with that name. And so. <laughs> as we're finishing the third song and i'm like okay how how long am i gonna you know freak from behind and dance from behind with this broad like i can't do it no more so i'm like why, why don't you turn around i want to see your face you're like like you look fly from the bar she turned around and she has this big old coat on triple gooseneck you know and she's from new york so she's wearing this coat i'm like okay hey you mind if we go to the bar like, no, let's go to the bar. We walk over there. I was like, look, I really like to, you know, get to know you, take you out. Lights come on. Bam. I'm like, okay, she, she packing a little stomach there. That's okay. Whatever. And I was like, so what's good? Like, you want to get together? She's like, you know what? You're so disrespectful. I'm like, what do you mean I'm disrespectful? She opens her coat and literally from the top of her lungs i'm eight months pregnant i don't understand why you would even try to talk to me what is wrong with you first of all kk whatever the hell your name is how you gonna say i'm disrespectful you're in the club at eight months pregnant no smoking laws back then cigarette smoke everywhere at the bar and I don't even know if she had alcohol or not, but she was at that bar like all night twerking and shaking her booty and all that stuff. And I'm like, yo, like you're pregnant, like pregnant, pregnant, like for real. She's like, I, how are you going to talk to me and be all rude trying to get to know me? I'm like, well, you, st- you sat there and danced with me all night, like three four songs with your back to me. So I'm thinking maybe you're available, you want to get down or whatever. But she had the nerve to say she got a morals and standards in a smoke-filled alcohol-serving bar, club, twerking, surprised so she didn't go into labor. It's already bad enough. I you know what, I'ma say it. Living in Virginia, this used to be the thing with most most females. Like, here, here, here's a typical conversation that I have with my friends back in Virginia when I lived there. Hey, yo, man, I met this, this I met this broad, man. You know, her name is Brenda. Like, Brenda cool. Like, you know, she only has like two kids, and she she go to nursing school and and, and she work at McDonald's. But yo, she's fly. Yo, son, only two kids. Yo, man, you better get with that. What? <laughs> We're all like 20. (laughs) What the hell? So like Virginia was just a bad experience for me. And (laughs) I can't believe a pregnant woman got mad at me because I was trying to holler at her. But she had a club, possibly drinking alcohol, in a smoke-filled room, twerking on strangers. Man. My luck. That's when I realized I had to get the hell out of there. And come back to California. <laughs> yes, that really happened. A pregnant woman got mad at me for wanting to try and get with her. At the club. Where's my standards. <sighs> All right. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Big Brother Jake podcast. Tune in next week. I know I say it every week, but I'm calling all my musician friends out. I am jonesing for new music. I need new music. I want to premiere your music on my podcast. Send it to the Big Brother Jake podcast at gmail.com. Send a link. Send a bio. I'd love to have your music on my show. All right. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> I've been under the weather a lot So that's why there's been a big gap But we, we'll we make sure I'll make sure to be more consistent With these podcasts Just last few weeks have not been good Physically A little mentally drained But I'm trying So It's It, it gets a little hard sometimes to Try and put together material on your own, but I try to do my best to entertain y'all each and every week, or every two weeks in this matter, but your boy is on the mend. My schedule's going to be a little hectic, but we're going to do it. So again, my musician friends, family, listeners, the Big Brother Jake podcast at gmail.com. Send your link and your bio information. I would love to interview you if you're available and get your music on the air so until then you're listening to the big brother jake podcast